Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, today I'm coming with the Souls Snatching Campaign. You want to know why? Time is of the essence. That lake of fire is real folks so the last few weeks or so i've been watching these documentaries of acid attack victims it is horrible it is so horrible that the mind of a twisted person can come up with the idea that to pay someone back or get back at them is to throw acid into their faces. Folks, it is so disturbing how the satanic twisted mind works. And so I'm I'm hearing these stories of victims, mainly women, who have been victims of someone throwing acid into their faces. Their faces are disfigured and transformed, but their spirit, their spirit is so fortified that they will, they will not allow this tragic event steer them into depression, into hatred, into just giving up their lives. And so I'm listening to the different stories and the Holy Spirit dropped this into my train of thought that that acid attack As tragic as it is, it is nothing compared to that lake of fire. And so I'm thinking because these women, as they explain the trauma of it all, 
the physical pain that one goes through when acid is thrown onto their bodies, they all have this same takeaway that it is like them being on fire that never seems to go out because as the acid goes through the many layers of the skin, it is burning all the while. It takes a while for that fire, that burning pain sensation to finally subside. And then eventually they have relief, albeit they are disfigured. And so that thought that the Holy Spirit gave me was in that lake of fire, there will be no relief. Not to say, not to say that what these victims have gone through is any walk in the park by no means, but at least eventually they got some relief from that burning sensation. Yes, for years to come, there are surgeries, there are mental issues now that have that has to be dealt with, but eventually these women, they have come to a place in their lives that they have accepted what has happened and they are not going to allow that to cease from them living a life going forward after that tragic event. And what I kept honing on is that they eventually got relief from that pain. Unlike the lake of fire that burns with sulfur, brimstone, that cannot compare with sulfuric acid. Imagine those women going through that trauma. Imagine if there is no relief from that trauma ever for all of eternity that you are constantly in this searing, burning pain forever. Because when you hear these testimonies of these survivors, it is gut-wrenching to hear, to even imagine what that feels like. Now, for me personally, I had boiling hot water thrown on me, so that's nothing compared to an acid attack, but the pain and the scars, it is something to be dealt with. And so, Like everything in my life, I compare it to eternity. And I just cannot get out of my mind the imagery and the pain and the torment that if you do not repent from your sins, your fate for all of eternity will be that lake of fire. 
Revelation 14 tells us that the smoke of their torment will rise day and night and there will and there will be no relief so that just amps me up to get this gospel out to let people know that if they do not repent when they die they will go to a burning hell as they await final judgment to hear how their their names have not been found written in the lamb's book of life so today i'm back on the campaign that the holy spirit has dropped into my spirit that this is a mission this is a mission to preach to the lost that they are in danger of hell's fire and the lake of fire and to wake up the lukewarm Christian who believes that they are once saved, always saved, and they have eternal security. So for them, there is no real fear of the Lord because at the end of the day, according to their pastor, they are good to go. And folks, we are not good to go. We ain't safe yet until Jesus returns. So in the meantime, in between time, we allow the process of sanctification and consecration to have its work. We must sin not. If you have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, you are commanded to go, comma, and sin no more. And that's just the fact. So today I'm back on the mission. I'm back on the mission and we got some facts of the case that we need to be made fully aware of. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Hallowed be thy holy and righteous name. Father, we want you to be our king. Father, whew, it's no wonder you tell us to repent. The Bible says it is not your will that anyone shall perish, but that we come to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of your son. Father, thank you for sending us, Jesus. Show us today the facts of the case, what it all boils down to it, because the question on the floor af after hearing the gospel should never be, thanks, but no thanks. I got this. No, it should be, what must I do to be saved? So Father, walk us, walk us through your scriptures. Walk us through to find out what is the price we pay for sin. 
and why you have called all men everywhere to repent and to let us know that lake of fire is not a place we want to be. Father, I ask for wisdom to teach and exhort today's lesson. I ask for grace and mercy. I ask that my brothers and sisters realize we are to go and sin no more and we are commanded and commissioned to go out into this world and preach this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for providing a way for us to be made right with you, and that is through your Son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. Bless your holy name, Father. And I pray this and I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So the mission, if you would join me, is to rescue the unrepented, Christ-rejecting sinner by snatching them from the flames of judgment. We see this in Jude one twenty three. We are to snatch as many sticks from the fire by preaching to them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The commission to do to do this is given by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the Gospels, we see in Luke twenty four. 46 to 48, what it is that Jesus tells us, those who follow him, he tells us what it is we are to preach to the lost. And it is not that they will have their best lives ever when they come to Christ. That is not the message. We see in Luke 24, 46 to 48, It says, and said, and so it is written that the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance necessary for forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Amen. Folks, we are to go out into all the world to preach. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. Scripture says that God has shown us a way. To be made right with him. Jesus tells us that he is the way. He is the only way to the father folks. It tells us that. It tells us that God in his grace. Freely makes us right in his sight. 
And he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right. And this is what we preach, folks. That people are made right with God when they believe by faith that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. All we got to do is study 2 Corinthians 5.19 and Romans 3 verses 20 to 31. Amen. The call. The call is for all men everywhere to repent. Amen. For there is eternal punishment waiting for those who reject and obey not the gospel. Do you not know it is a sin to not know God? Yeah. That is why the call is for all people everywhere to repent. That is why we must snatch as many sticks from the fire. Our Father in heaven and the Lord Jesus Christ call everyone to repent. You must change your mindset where sin is concerned. No longer do you think sin is the big time fun. No longer do you think sleeping around is okay. No longer do you think committing adultery is okay. No longer do you think smoking weed, watching porn, masturbating to the porn is okay. No longer do you believe the fact that you were born a boy that you think you are, are a girl is okay. No, it's not. Homosexuality transgender, lesbianism, all of that is an abomination to the living God. No longer do you think taking his name in vain is funny. No longer do you use it as some form of expression because it is not. No longer do you mock the gospel. No longer do you think it's funny to make light of holy living and teaching. Nope, your whole mindset must change. God hates sin. Therefore, you must hate it just as much as he does. You are to do a 180 degree turn and go back to God. And henceforth, Follow Jesus in obedience.
Amen. So we are going to find out why God's holy and righteous justice will come upon those who reject Jesus. Because that's why people go to hell. Because your sins can be forgiven. You can come to the cross and seek forgiveness of your past sins. Jesus said that he will in no way push you away when you come to him in true repentance. He will not turn you away. So let's find out some reasons. Let's find out what is the penalty for sins and what must we do to be saved. Amen. So the price we pay for sin is found in Romans chapter 6. Verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through in union with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So when it says that the wage you get for your sin is death. It's talking about a spiritual death to be eternally separated from God and from his son, whom he sent to this world as a savior. You will be eternally separated from the father and Jesus in that lake of fire, burning in brimstone and sulfur and fire forever and ever and there will be no relief day and night you will be tormented so we know that is not a place you want to go to why does God call all men everywhere to repent? Because the call comes from him and the call comes from Jesus is to repent or perish. We see in Acts 17 verses 30 to 31, folks, we are snatching souls from hell's fire as they await the final judgment. You do not want to go to this lake of fire. If y'all just go on YouTube, plug in acid attack victims, survivors. When you hear their stories about the burning fire that they are set on when acid is thrown across their face, bodies, torsos, neck, legs. It When they talk about that pain, that burning, that's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket compared to, now imagine, swimming, flopping around, trying to get out of that lake of burning 
acid and there will be no escape from it. Folks, this is so not a game. Listen, Acts 17, 30 to 31 says, Therefore God overlooked and disregarded the former ages of ignorance, but now he commands, <clears throat> excuse me, he commands all people everywhere to repent. That is to change their old way of thinking to regret their past sins, and to seek God's purpose for their lives. Amen. So why is it that he is calling all men everywhere to repent? Because, verse 31, he has set a day when he will judge the inhabited world in righteousness by a man, capital M, because we got to make this distinction, capital M, whom he has appointed and destined for that task. And he has provided credible proof to everyone by raising him from the dead. Amen. Jesus said in Luke 13 verses 1 through 5, Just at that time, some people came who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate, the governor, had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus replied to them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they have suffered in this way. I tell you no. But unless you repent, change your old way of thinking, turn from your sinful ways and live change lives, you all, he says, you will all likewise perish or do you assume that those 18 on whom the tower and Siloam fell and killed were worse sinners than all the others who lived in who live in Jerusalem I tell you no but unless you repent change your old way of thinking turn from your sinful ways and live change lives, you will all likewise perish. Amen. So why should we repent? Because we will all die one day and then the judgment. Folks, guess what? We ain't going to live forever. Hebrews nine twenty seven to 28 says, and just as it is appointed for all men once to die, and after that, the certain judgment. So we see, once we die, we face judgment. And to take this further to verse 28, to keep it in context, it says, even so, 
because we just read how it is appointed for all men once to die. Even so, it is that Christ, having been offered to take upon himself and bear as a burden the sins of many once and once for all, will appear a second time, not to carry any burden of sin, nor to deal with sin, because folks, he already dealt with sin on the cross at Calvary. Amen. But to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly, constantly, and patiently waiting for and expecting him. Amen. So what judgment is Hebrews 9 27 talking about that once we die after this, the certain judgment? Well, Revelation 20 11 to 15 tells us what this judgment is. It says, and the devil that deceived them, starting actually at verse, <clears throat> at verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the Bible is telling us that not only will the unrepentant, Christ-rejecting, unsaved sinner will spend all of eternity, but Satan will be thrown into the lake of fire as well as the Antichrist and his false prophet. It goes on to say in verse 11, And I saw, because this is John, who was exiled to the Isle of Patmos for the testimony of Jesus and the word of God. He says, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And we know Jesus is God. Amen. And the books were opened. Folks, I can't say it enough on this podcast about these books. Daniel 7 also talks about these books being opened. Look, it says... And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. Another translation, the, the Amplified Bible Classic says, And the dead were judged, sentenced. By what they have done as as recorded in these books. Look, it says right how they were judged and sentenced out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Folks, 
If you are new to this podcast, you may not have, no, you have never heard me say that how heaven must have an elaborate recording system to write down the works of every person ever born. They must have a vast library that hold all of these books that will be that will be presented, thank you, Holy Spirit, on Judgment Day. And <clears throat> it says, they will be judged according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell were delivered, no, delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire oh yes folks hell itself once it resurrect its inhabitants to stand before jesus at this great white throne hell itself will be thrown into the lake of fire as well so the Bible says, this is the second death. And whoever, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. So who, who will be the judge on that day? Well, here's the proof that God has appointed Jesus as judge on judgment day by raising him from the dead we see this in acts 10 38 to 42 you know of jesus of nazareth how god appointed him with the holy spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Amen. We are witnesses of all of all the things he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day. This is the gospel, folks. And granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God. That is to us who ate and drank with him after he, after he arose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify turn my page here that this one capital o who has been appointed by god as judge of the living and the dead amen romans 2 16 says on the day when according to my gospel god will judge the secrets of men through christ jesus Amen. So that is why Jesus said to repent or perish. God in heaven, our Father, 
calls for us to turn from our wicked and unrighteous ways and turn to Him. Folks, we must tell people we must repent for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus, Jesus sacrificed His perfect life on our behalf so that we would not be condemned, found guilty by God, and face His wrath. Final sentencing will be at the great white throne judgment. The Lord Jesus Christ has appointed, has been appointed by God as judge. For all authority has been given unto him. He is Lord of all. Amen. And we will stand before him on judgment day for the deeds we have done in the body, be it good or bad. Scriptures say, for we believers will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be repaid for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities, and abilities. Folks, when believers stand before Jesus on Judgment Day, it will not be to give an account for their sins. Because once we come to Christ, our past sins has been have been forgiven. Therefore, we walk in holiness. We walk in righteousness by faith, not going back out there into the world. And the works we now do, we do it unto the Lord with a clear conscience, with clean hands, and with good motives. And all that we do will be judged. So, back to the scripture. Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord and understand the importance of obedience and worship, we persuade people to be reconciled to him. But we are plainly known to God. He knows everything about us. And I hope that we are plainly known also in your consciences, your God-given discernment. Amen. That's Second Corinthians 5, 10 through 11. Also in 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15, it says, According to the remarkable grace of God, which was given to me to prepare me for my task. This is Paul speaking. Like a skillful master builder, I laid a foundation and now another is building on it. But each one must be careful how he builds on it. For, verse 11, no one can lay a foundation 
other than the one which is already lain, which is Jesus Christ. But if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will be clearly shown for what it is. For the day of judgment will disclose it. Why? Because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality and character and worth of each person's work. If any person's work which he has built on this foundation, that is any outcome of his effort remains and survives this test, he will receive a reward. But if any person's work is burned up by the test, he will suffer the loss of his reward. Yet he himself will be saved, but only as one who who has barely, barely escaped through fire. Amen. So, what about the person who claims, I'm a good person? But I'm a good person, some say. Well, God says that no one is good, not even one. So, there will be no excuse on Judgment Day. And this is the reason why I'm coming on the podcast today to cry aloud and spare nothing. Nothing when it comes to this gospel. Folks, we must understand the hard, cold facts of the case. That if you don't repent and come to Jesus so that his shed blood can wash away your sins and you you continue to live as an unrepented, Christ-rejecting sinner in this life, when you die, you will most certainly go to a burning hell as you await this final judgment called the lake of fire. Folks, I can't say it enough. Wake up. This is not a game. But I don't believe there's a heaven or a hell. So what? It exists nonetheless. You can disagree until you are blue in the face. Why not serve the Lord and and then come to find out, well, there's no heaven or hell. Okay, no skin off your nose. But what if you are wrong and you reject Jesus and there is a hell and then there is a lake of fire? Folks, eternity is too long to be playing around in your flesh. Wake up. So look. Romans 3, because the world will tell you in a New York minute, I'm a good person. So you mean to tell me that if I don't come to Jesus and bow down to him, I'm going to hell? Listen, 
You can play semantics all you want to. I'm telling you what the Bible says. There is no good person outside of Christ Jesus. We all need to be saved. Romans 3, 10 to 18 says, as it is written and forever remains written. There is none righteous, none that meets God's standard. Yeah, folks, God has standards. Not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. No, not one. But I give to the poor. I have charitable organizations. I give to the homeless. I help little old ladies cross the street. But have you repented? Have you surrendered your whole entire life, dreams, ambitions to the Lord Jesus Christ? so that he can wash away your sins. Have you done that? I don't need to do that. Okay, getting back to the scripture. For you, Miss Missy. There is none who does good. Nope, not one. Their throat is an open grave. They habitually deceive with their tongues the venom of asp is beneath their lips their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness their feet are swift to shed blood destruction and misery are in their paths and they have not known the path of peace there is no fear of god and his awesome power before their eyes their eyes amen but guess what there's good news. You don't have to be a burning stick in hell's fire. No, there is good news. We see the good news in Romans chapter 1 verses 1 through 5. Look, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born, talking about Jesus. He was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power, hallelujah, of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us, this is the good news, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. Amen. And if we come down to verse 16, 
for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is, folks, the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start from from start to finish by faith as the scriptures say it is through faith that <clears throat> excuse me that a righteous person has life amen and folks this life is only found through Jesus Christ it is not found through the catholic church it is not found through islam it is not found through Mormons, the Jehovah Witnesses, Buddhas, the monks, New Age, whatever you, else you want to call it. It is found in no other person but Christ Jesus. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Don't believe the hype of these false religions because these false religions tell you you must work for your salvation in order to be made right in God. You have to pray a set number of times a day. You must fast a certain way. You must um, do all, all sorts of things to your body in self-piety to render yourself even good enough to even stand before God and Jesus. That is not the way to go, folks. I'm telling you, Jesus already gave us the truth. He said, I'm the way. I'm the life. I'm the truth. I am the life. So, you may say, well, how do we know Jesus is the way to go? How do we know Islam is it the way to go? How do we know being a Buddhist monk isn't the way to go? Well, let me ask you this. Has any one of their leaders died a horrific, bloody, brutal, disfiguring, mutilating death on a cross for your sins? Hmm. Did any one of their leaders, past and current, died, was, was raised from the dead and remain alive today? Huh? No. No one died for your sins but Christ Jesus. Has any, has any one of those leaders been born of a virgin? Nope, they were all born through the natural way when their father's seed entered into their mothers and that egg and that sperm connected. Thus, a baby has been created. No other person was born of a virgin being conceived by the Holy Spirit but Christ Jesus. Amen. And before Jesus came on the world scene, no one has ever cast out a demon. That's how we know. That's the proof that Jesus is the only way to, to the Father. And not only that, he is still alive today, sitting at the right hand of God in heaven, making intercession for the saints. And folks, 
a saint is not what that Roman Catholic pagan church tell you what a saint is. A saint is anybody who has come to Christ Jesus. We are called saints. So, got some more good news for y'all. John three sixteen to 18. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized, thank you, Holy Spirit, the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish but have eternal life for god did not send the son into the world to judge and condemn the world that is to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through him whoever believes and has decided to trust in him as personal Savior and Lord is not judged. For this one, for this one, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation. Semicolon. Okay, the bad news. Let's pick up after the semicolon because people love to put a period right there and jump for joy. And rightly so. We should jump for joy. But guess what? With good news, there's some bad news. Look, picking up on the latter portion of John 3, 18, we're going to read it straight to verse 21. So now look, after the good news about for this one who has trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and for that one, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation, semicolon. But the one who does not believe, thank you, Holy Spirit, and has decided to reject him as personal Savior and Lord, is judged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I told y'all, people don't go to hell for their sins because once you repent, you can have your sins forgiven. But if you reject Jesus and what he has done on the cross for you, Okay, well, you are judged already. That one has been convicted and sentenced. Why? Because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten Son of God, the one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, the one who alone alone can save him. This is the judgment. Here we go. That is the cause for indictment. The test by which people are judged. The basis for the sentence. Colon. The light. Capital L. So we know the Bible is talking about Jesus. The light has come into the world. Because if you want to know why people stand in judgment, it's about to tell us some more about how they reject Jesus. So now listen. The light 
has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light. Let me turn this loud sounding page. Hold on. So, people love the darkness rather than the light. The Bible is telling us that people love their sins more than Jesus. So, the reason why they love their sins more than they love Jesus, well, it tells us, for their deeds were evil. Verse 20, for every wrongdoer hates the light. That's a sad commentary on humankind, that the wicked hates Jesus and does not come to the light, but shrinks from it for fear that his sinful, worthless activities will be exposed and condemned. Okay, so now we see why people don't come to Jesus. One, they love their darkness more than they love him. And they fear that when they come to him, that their sinful, worthless activities will be exposed and condemned. And rightly so. Look, verse 21, but whoever, okay, some more good news because first we had the good news, then the bad news, now some more good news. But whoever practices truth and does what is right morally, ethically, spiritually comes to the light so that his works may be plainly shown to be what they are accomplished in God divinely prompted done with God's help in dependence on him amen folks it will do us all well to come to Christ Jesus now before he calls you out of this earthly body suit but sad to say you still Having said all of that, you still have people who reject God's only begotten son. Well, then there are eternal consequences. You will face God's holy and just wrath. For those who claim, well, they are innocent of God's judgment is because they don't believe that they are a sinner. So why should I face God's judgment? And not only that, I don't even believe that he exists. Y'all keep talking about God's judgment, but I believe he don't exist. Well, God is saying you are a liar because his divine nature shows up every single day without fail. The sun, moon, and stars. Who do you think put them up there in that firmament? And don't you even fix your face talking about the Big Bang. Or that it just came out of nothingness and it just came to be. You're stretching. You're stretching. Listen, don't let that pseudoscience fool you to think that there is such a thing as outer space. Listen, folks, God in Genesis 1 told us what he has created. Okay, 
that's what we go off of. If, if there is anything else that he chose not to reveal to us, then we will find out about it later. We don't in our own human thinking come up with sciences and a whole space exploration agency that tells us there are other planets. Listen, folks, we go by what the Bible has to say. We all have been indoctrinated in school by science programs. So now listen, if you think for one moment that you are going to stand before Jesus to give an account about what has been written in your books and you're going to say, well, I didn't believe you exist. And he's going to tell you, well, I don't know what he's going to tell you exactly, but I can tell you what the Bible is telling us over here in Romans 1 with the feeble notion that you don't believe God exists. Now listen and listen up. But God, this is verse 18 to 32. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So this is why you are saying what you are saying. You are suppressing the truth because of your wickedness. Now, look. The Bible says they know the truth about God. Why? Because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. And there you go. There you go. So you can come up with philosophies. You can come up with all kind of controversies. High sounding nonsense is what it is, according to uh, Colossians 2.8. God says that his eternal power and divine nature has been made clearly seen to them. So they have no excuse for not knowing him. Amen. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Uh-huh. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Verse 24, so God abandoned them. Mm-hmm. He abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other bodies. Huh. 
They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy, amen, of eternal praise. Yes, that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women, <laughs> the Bible's like, even the women turned against the natural, okay, natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other and the men. Instead of having normal, folks, it is not normal to have sex with the same sex. The Bible just told us it is unnatural. What they say, what it says, yep. And the men, verse 27 of Romans 1 Instead of having normal sexual relations with women burned with lust for each other, men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, yeah, homosexuality is a sin, folks. They suffered within, them, within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, to acknowledge God, he abandoned them. Listen, God will turn you over to a reprobate, depraved mind. He will turn you over to your lust. He will. Look, he abandoned them to do foolish, no, to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. They break their promises. They are heartless and have no mercy. Look, verse 32. They know. <laughs> the Bible says they know God's. What it says? God's. Hold on. I turned the page too quick. Y'all got me so excited. Look. Hold on. Um, oh, wait a minute. Look, right. Go back a page here. Cynthia, what are we doing? They know God's justice. Okay. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die yet. Yet, they do them Anyway, worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Uh-huh. So, this comes from when you reject Jesus. God will turn you over to your lust. He will, he will turn you over to your wickedness. Look, 2 Thessalonians 1, 7, 7b to verse 10. Okay. For those who want to reject Christ Jesus, okay, he will come, because this is the tail end of verse 7. He will come with his mighty angels in flaming fire, 
bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse and um, who refuse to obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with eternal destruction forever, separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. When he comes on that day, he will receive glory from his holy people. Amen. Praise from all who believe. And this includes you. For you believed what we told you about him. Amen. So folks, in closing, we need to find out what sins that will keep you out of heaven. And to keep you from standing before Jesus at the great white throne judgment. Because the price we pay for sin is death. Yep, it could be a physical death depending on what you are doing. The Bible talks about eternal separation from God being thrown in that lake of fire. I know no one wants to hear about how judgment day is coming and that it is near. Are you prepared? Don't nobody want to hear that? Well, you got to hear that. Listen, that is why we must turn from our wickedness. Because judgment day is near, folks. We need to turn from riotous living, turn from sexual immorality, turn from worldly lust and passions, turn from rebellion against God, and turn to the only one that can save us, the Lord Jesus Christ. You are now free to be holy. Because you got to understand what happened at the cross. Because Jesus was sinless and perfect, he defeated and abolished the control that sin had over us our whole entire lives. He has freed us from the shackles of sin. Once you come to Christ Jesus, you are now you are now free to be holy and live righteously. Sin no longer has a say in your life. The Bible says that sin is no longer your master. It doesn't have mastery over you. It doesn't have domination over you any longer. Sin don't have a say. Unless you give it a say, and that would be foolish, my friend. So, we don't have to return back to that jail cell. We don't have to return back to the vomit. We have been set free to live clean, holy, and righteous lives. Amen. Because the Bible says that if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Listen, Jesus makes it clear in John 8, 12, when he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the implication and expectation that if we are following Christ, then we will not walk in darkness. 
Because don't let the apostate church fool you with all of that damnable prosperity gospel message that Jesus died so that you can be rich and, and never be sick. That is a lie. Folks, Jesus died so that we don't face God's wrath to come and that we are commanded to live holy and stay out of sin. Amen. So when we meet the real Jesus, because that fake Jesus that the false church puts out, oh, that is not the real Jesus Christ because the real Jesus Christ tells you to repent. Otherwise, you too will all likewise perish. Because when you meet Jesus, for real, for real, sin no longer holds its fatal attraction. Nope, grace changes everything. Paul says, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. Absolutely not. We we are those who have died to sin. So how can we live in it any longer? That's Romans 6, 1 through 2. When we are born again, according to John 3, 3, the power of the Holy Spirit breaks the power that sin once had over us. Amen. Did I read to you? Uh, I did. I did because Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 3, 3, you must be born again. So in closing, let us once again take a look at some sins that will keep you out of heaven. Because for the most part, people don't believe what they are doing is a sin. Uh-huh. So let's shed some light and some clarification. Okay. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 says, Or know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul was like, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Revelation 21.8 But for the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers, and fornicators, and sorcerers, and folks, let us not be mistaken. Smoking weed is witchcraft. It is sorcery, and it is idolatry. Stop saying that it's okay to smoke weed. God made it. It is from the earth. Apparently, you have not read Genesis 3 when God cursed the ground. Okay, and besides all that, we are not to idolize anything that God's that God has created. That means plants and people and animals. Amen. So anything that manipulates your mind, where your your mood is now altered, 
your mind, as you like to say, is elevated to another level, folks, that is witchcraft. Anything that manipulates your mind where you are intoxicated. If you, if you digest or smoke, inhale anything that makes you high, that's sorcery. It's a sin and you will go to hell. It is on the list for a reason. Listen, sorcerers and idolaters, idolaters and all liars, their part shall be in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. Mark 7, 20 to 23. And then he added, this is Jesus. It is what comes from inside that defiles you. Because he was answering back to the Pharisees because they were complaining how Jesus' disciples were not washing their hands before they ate. Because again, that's one of their traditions of men they were more concerned about them washing their hands rather than what's really going on in that heart so Jesus was like it is he said it is what comes from inside that defiles you from for from within out of a person's heart come evil thoughts sexual immorality death murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Amen. So it's not what you put into the body that defiles you. Oh, no, no, no. It's what's coming out of that heart of yours. Because Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10 tells us about that dark heart where all of these things Jesus just listed is coming out of. It says the heart is deceitful above, above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, searched the heart. I tried the vein, the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Amen. And speaking of fruit, let's look at this. It's going to be the last one I give y'all because I got, I got a bunch. But I want to give y'all Galatians. Galatians 5. Because Galatians 5 lists the works of the flesh. And again, I apologize for all the paper ruffling here, but I'm using my paper notes today. So Galatians 5, 17 to 21 talks about the works of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft 
hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. So, having said all of that, you should now be asking, what must I do to be saved? Okay, well, John 3, 3 to 7, as I mentioned, there was a man named Nicodemus a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, he uh, he, uh, exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Amen. Acts 2, 32 to 41. God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us. Just as you see and hear today, because this is Peter's sermon, folks, on the day of Pentecost. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah, Peter's word pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those who are far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for, for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Father, 
Thank you so much for this word today. We are looking forward as your children to a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared according to Revelation 21 verses 1 through 9. Father, we are looking forward to seeing the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a new bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Father, thank you for salvation. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for sending Jesus to save us from our sins. Father, I pray that within the sound of my voice, may hearts be pricked today that they too may ask after hearing the gospel, what must I do to be saved? Father, have mercy. Thank you for your patience on this world. Father, we need you now more than ever before. This world is going to hell in a hand basket. But nonetheless, Jesus encourages us in Matthew 24 when he says that the man who endures until the end, that man shall be saved. So, Father, we shall stand firm and having done all that we know to do, we shall stand firm some more. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, I am, as always, running out of time. Repent and believe. Go out there and spread the gospel. Snatch as many sticks from the fire as you can. But keep in mind, don't get contaminated even by the very stain of sin on their clothing. Stand down, soldier. Remain faithful to Jesus. Repent of your sins and turn back to God. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.